Welcome to the Foundation for Living podcast, where our goal is to reach the world with the transforming gospel of Christ. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at malcolmjstokes.com. We pray you are blessed and encouraged by today's message. Quickly, I want you to go with me to the gospel of John. Gospel of John, chapter 16. Gospel of John chapter 16, and we are going to read verses 8 through 15. But the context of today's message will come from uh, verses 8 through 11. But, But just so that we can get a holistic picture, I want us to read until verse 15, right? So when you have it, say amen. If you don't have it yet, say hold up. <laughs> right, I'll give us a second there. All right. John 16 and verse 8. It says, And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and ye see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore said I, that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. For the next few moments, I want to speak to you from the subject, the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. The convicting work of the Holy Spirit. Most believers, no matter their age, remember their first encounter with Jesus. We remember some key details about that day, like what we were wearing, conversations that we had leading up to that moment, what location and the time. An example of this is uh, the testimony of uh, my father. His testimony of conversion often expires me, or rather inspires me and serves as a reminder of how transformative the Holy Spirit can be. He decided before I was born into the world that that he would give God 100% of his life. I know this because on Sunday mornings in the church that he pastored, when he reached the climactic moment of his sermon, with great joy and enthusiasm, he would share pieces of the message shared during this memorable moment of his life. He would often mention the spirit-inspired question that was presented by the pastor 
that stopped him in his tracks, resulting in his desire for salvation. This amazing experience is part of the Holy Spirit's job description. The work of the Holy Spirit, despite the opinion and actions of a society that is so caught up in secularism, sensationalism, and sensitivity, is to reconcile men and women to Jesus Christ. This conviction by the Holy Spirit literally opens our blinded eyes to get this 2020 image of ourselves apart from Christ. I'm sure that some of you know someone, or perhaps it was you, when you were in the world, you look completely different than what you do now. But if somebody would have asked you years ago, how were you? You thought you were perfectly fine. What happened between then and now? I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit worked on you to remove the blockers from your eyes. These blinders were removed by way of the Holy Spirit's conviction. The conviction is what leads us into repentance. One of the challenges facing believers today is our propensity to condemn rather than allowing the Holy Spirit to convict. After walking with Christ for a certain length of time, we can become tempted to believe that condemnation leads to repentance. But it is the Holy Spirit's conviction that produces godly sorrow leading to repentance. It is unfortunate, but I must say this, part of this difficult distinction between conviction and condemnation began many years ago when many preachers in an attempt to save the world sought to do so by marrying conviction and condemnation. But the two are not compatible. Condemnation and conviction are not compatible. It seems as if the world is quick to characterize the Christian stance and biblical belief on certain issues as being hateful. If you disagree, the first question is, why do you hate? This is the enemy's attempt to diminish the power of the Holy Spirit in the lives of people today. He has attempted to uh, convince the world that the gospel um, that brings conviction is really a message of condemnation. But here's the difference between conviction and condemnation. Conviction is the opposite of condemnation. God loves you. He wants the best for you. So he brings conviction in your life to convince you of a better way. He's getting your attention to protect you, to bless you. This conviction often comes as a result of hearing the word of God or seeing the word of God lived out by someone else. Preachers, there was a time when I disciplined my child for wandering off. My correction of him was not driven by hate, but by my delight in him. The Holy Spirit does the same for us. The conviction is not to hurt us, but to convince us to live 
for him. On the other hand, condemnation is usually hateful and hopeless. Because Satan hates us. He, he wants us to feel like we are so far gone from salvation that he consistently reminds us of our sin in a way that doesn't present a solution. This is why it is difficult for many ministries to be effective because we present the gospel as if we are trying to reconcile men to ourselves and not to God. People don't just need to know they are outside of the kingdom of God, but they need to know how they get into the kingdom of God. It's not enough to say to a man who is on fire, sir, ma'am, you're on fire. But you are more effective when you do something to extinguish that fire. Don't just tell people they need to stop sinning without being able to share how to receive that gift of salvation by grace through faith. Share the message, but allow the Holy Spirit to convict and make sure that your life is a living testament of what you present to them. John said in his gospel, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And the key word here is through him. Therefore, there's no need for any believer to condemn a sinner because the sinner, according to Jesus in John 3 and 18, is already condemned. But those who are in Jesus Christ, we are free from condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Those who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. As believers, the more that we grow in Christ, the more the Holy Spirit should be evidenced in our life. This evidence is not just speaking tongues or, or some external expression of the joy of our salvation, but this evidence is conveyed by our inner conviction. Simply put, when the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives, we are convicted to do things differently. Holy Spirit does not allow us to continue in sin. It is difficult to biblically justify being filled with the Spirit of God apart from the conviction to live and to grow in grace. Galatians 5 and 16 says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh walk by the spirit means be led by the spirit and this spirit is not just for church holy spirit is not in your life just to preach a sermon or just to teach a class or to serve in a department or auxiliary the spirit's leading is for every area of your life Hallelujah. It's for your family. It's for on your job. Hallelujah. It's for in your conversation with people who you engage with. Hallelujah. The important work of the Holy Spirit is what enables us to live a life that glorifies God. In the opening of today's sermon, we read John chapter 16, verses 8 through 15. 
John's gospel here is a unique one. In chapter 16, John, he expounds on the work and the function of the Holy Spirit. One of the functions mentioned involved conviction. And the word convict has a wide range of meaning, right? In America, the word convict is closely associated with the justice system. We immediately think of condemnation, punishment, rebuke, judgment. However, in the New Testament, it is restricted to one definition. And that definition is to show people their sins and to call them to repentance. Text tells us how the Holy Spirit confronts the world concerning three primary topics. One, the topic of sin. That's people's guilt. Two, the topic of righteousness. That's people's helplessness. Because without the Holy Spirit, you're helpless. Amen. The third one, judgment. And that is in regards to a person's destiny. So this convicting work of the Holy Spirit does three primary things. And for my note takers, it's a great place to take some notes. Number one, it brings illumination. The word illumination or to illuminate means to make visible or to bring to light or to bring light to. First Corinthians chapter two, verses 14 through 16 says, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Because the work of the Holy Spirit begins on the inside, our time with God and in his presence should bring to us illumination or a deeper revelation of him. Because of the Holy Spirit's presence in our life, we have the mind of Christ. This means we are guided by his thoughts and his purposes. This is not just concerning others. Because sometimes uh, we tend to think that uh, the Holy Spirit only speaks to us regarding other people in our life. But the Holy Spirit speaks to each of us individually regarding your own life as well. This leading always begins with you first. The Spirit of God does not reveal more to you about somebody else than he reveals to you about you. Because if the Spirit only shows you somebody else and never yourself, that may be an enemy bringing to you the ministry of condemnation and not reconciliation. This is why we can't afford to spend more time looking at others than we do seeking God. In this season, I want to encourage everyone to carefully consider what you lend your ear and your eyes to because God is calling for self-examination. We should approach God with such a boldness saying, Lord, if, if you find anything in me that shouldn't be, take it out and strengthen me. Someone here today or perhaps you are watching online and you have been seeking God for more of his presence regarding his calling for your life or in your life. 
in those moments when you feel the spirit tugging at your heart, silence yourself. Hallelujah. And ask God to bring illumination. Begin asking God, Lord, bring the light of the spirit to open my eyes. Don't allow me to be so distant from you that I only see the ministry of your spirit as a means to do ministry to help others and miss the ministry or the work that you want to do on the inside of me. Talking to people today who God has called from darkness into the marvelous light. I'm talking to those who God has given an assignment to. It's not the time to approach God as a fearful slave. It's time to get into his presence and allow him to bring illumination to the plan and to the purposes that he has for your life. Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Number two, this second convicting work of the Holy Spirit is he gives assurance about our relationship with God. Romans 8, 15 through 16, the Bible says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. If the Spirit is in us, he dwells in our heart by faith. Because Jesus came into your heart, you are not to approach him as a slave. Because a slave lives under constant fear, but the Spirit of God gives us freedom. He empowers us to approach the throne as sons. And finally, the third thing or the third convicting work of the Holy Spirit is he convicts us of the need to constantly change. He convicts us of the need to constantly change. Bible says in Romans 8, 5 through 9, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their mind on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on, on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. So the Spirit of God should be constantly at work in our life to battle against the flesh that often attempts to present itself. His constant work should prompt us to constantly change. This change involves examining ourselves to ensure that we are growing in grace. How many of you have an iPhone? If you have an iPhone, raise your hand. Not, not throwing off on Android. <laughs> okay. So iPhones are considered to be one of the most popular smartphones in the world. Most people who have had issues with personal information being stolen or those in the tech industry normally prefer them because of Apple's commitment to protecting their customers' personal information. 
One thing that's unique about them, though, is that every time their development team makes an update, no matter how old your phone is, you have the option to get the update if you want it. One day, I began to wonder, well, what would happen if I didn't update my phone? Well, I researched it, and the spiritual revelation that I got from it just blew my mind. I searched on Google, what happens when you don't update your phone? Here's what I found. Number one, when an update is available, you begin getting annoying pings reminding you to update your operating system. Sort of like the Holy Spirit. You know about those reminders, those reminders that we get on Sunday during the sermons, during your prayer time, and what other people have told us about ourselves throughout the week that we ignore. An alert hits your operating system. That's your spirit. Ping. Update your mindset. You can't think that way and go where I want you to go. Some time goes by. Ping. Another update. It's time to update that attitude. You've been thinking that way for too long. Week goes on. You get another one. Ping. Pride comes before fall. Update. Update is needed. Now, what happens if we ignore this, up, this reminder to update? Second thing I found, and y'all, try not to shout. Second thing is, if you ignore the reminder long enough, apps like you know, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Calendar, and Mail begin to slow down. After a long period of time, your phone won't be able to accommodate the new versions of these apps. Do you ever wonder why folks who've been in church all their life can't get along with anybody, can't adjust to change, stuck in the past, can't move forward with anything new? They refuse the update. And then here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. <laughs> and this one was just eye-opening. The third thing is it makes it difficult to protect you from hackers, malware, and memory corruption flaws. Let me bring this home. Malware is a software that is specifically designed to disrupt, damage, or gain unauthorized access to a computer system. When you have refused the updates that the Spirit has prompted you to make for so long, you become compromised. You're wondering why false doctrine and sensationalism is sitting well in your spirit? Wonder why you're chasing the next prophecy? Wondering why people can bring some false teaching denying Christ's divinity and it makes sense? Spiritual malware. Yeah, Satan has had unauthorized access to your spirit because of refusing the update. But I'm speaking to you today to give you a solution. Now is not the time to ignore. It's the time to accept, update, and let's move forward by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now is the time that we decide to move forward in God. Look across at somebody and tell them, update. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's so much that God wants to do for you. Will you seek him today?
Will you trust him? Will you give him all of you so that you can receive all of him? Let the spirit bring conviction. Let him bring illumination. Let him bring security. And let him forever work in your life. The Lord has an update for you today. Well, I've got a couple of updates. Philippians 1 and 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I've got another update. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. It says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and give light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. If you need an update in your spirit, the Holy Spirit can start the update today. So if you need an update, hallelujah, lift your hands and say, Lord, update my spirit. Now, one thing about an update, <laughs> I think I have a little more time. Let me give you a solution. And y'all, this just blessed my spirit. I was going to save this. <laughs> but I researched more further. How do I remove malware from an operating system? My Lord. And it was interesting to find these things, and I'm going to just say what those steps are, but you're going to have to seek God regarding that for yourself. But the first thing it said was to disconnect from the World Wide Web. <laughs> disconnect from the world. Second thing it said was enter into safe mode. I'm not going to expand. I'll wait. The next thing it said was Check your activity. Hmm. Fourth thing you got to do, it says run a malware scanner. That's the word, right? The fifth thing it said to do was verify your home page. Verify that you're in the right place. And then that final step, it says clear the cache. And those of us who work in any type of tech industry, we know that when you clear, or if you don't clear the cash, things may look different on the back end, but it's going to look the same to everybody else. But when you clear it, there's a total difference. Other people can see the updates that have been made. So today, I want to give you a chance. If you're here today and you say, Lord, I need an update, I need you to update. Hallelujah. I need an update in my spirit. Don't let this day go by without updating, without getting on page, getting in line with the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Come on and give God some praise.
All right. Perhaps there's someone here today and you are not saved. You are outside of the ark of safety. Hallelujah. And you want to get it right with God. I'm going to give you the opportunity to move from your seat and come to the altar today. Hallelujah. I also want to extend a call to those who you are saved. But you have refused the update for so long. And you know that there's spiritual malware in your system. And you say, Lord, I, I need you to clean me up. Hallelujah. Lord, I need a refreshing. Hallelujah. There's some things that you want God to do for you, but you know you can't do it because you're compromised. Make your way to the altar today. Hallelujah. 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 to pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you. Thank you for your presence. Hallelujah. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you. Hallelujah. For what you're doing, even in this place. Father God, I pray now that that those who are outside of you, hallelujah, that you would reveal yourself to them, allow them to see that need, hallelujah. Allow them to see that they need you now more than ever, hallelujah. And for those who need that update in their spirit, Father God, I pray that, that you would reveal yourself to them in such a mighty way, hallelujah. Show us the errors of our ways. Hallelujah. And allow us to submit to you. Hallelujah. Like never before. Father God, I pray that, that even in this season, God, that you would, as we make that update with you, God, that you would begin to show us these purposes and plans that you have for our life. Strengthen us now. Hallelujah. Allow people to come into our path hallelujah who will help us to stay in that way that you have called us to be and right now we come against any spirit that will come to hinder any spirit that will come to steal and destroy what you have started on the inside and I declare right now in the name of Jesus victory victory in every area of their lives Today is a new day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we thank you. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.